bruh, who are the pawns and who are the masters? It, yeah, it's a real, like, uh, the snake sucks its own dick type situation. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. Oh my god. Boop, 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 boop. What's going on, guys? It's on fire tonight with Josh and Tressa. I'm Josh. I'm Tressa. And we are here to talk about The Peripheral, season one, episode one on Amazon Prime. So if you haven't seen it already, we're going to spoil it by talking about it. So if you don't want things spoiled, go watch it. And now you're back. Welcome. Hi. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, Josh. Yes, Tressa. <laughs> what do you think? Super fans, letterheads, longtime listeners. This show fucking rules. It's based on the writings of William Gibson who you know to be one of the progenitors of cyberpunk along with Philip K. Dick. And I don't know, this is like, this is all you would want from a William Gibson piece. And it's super, super, super good. Before the show even starts, like the credit animation, we oh, see yeah. like worlds being drawn in sort of like a matrixy digital type way. We're later going to see this kind of stuff in the show but we're seeing like a a digital a, an, an over digitized version of like futuristic london all right so we we start off london 2099 and there are pirate ships at war and we zoom out and what's actually happening is that they're like tiny little projections in a fountain. And we've got a character just sort of like observing, daydreaming Storm. in front of them. Mm -hmm. We will later learn that that character's name is Wilf. Did we learn that in this episode? We didn't learn that in this episode, but like if you let your if you're watching on a computer and you like oh. touch the mouse, there's an X-ray. And it tells you the actors and their characters while the show is playing. And if you want to take notes and know what the fuck you're talking about, maybe. <laughs> Josh. <laughs> maybe you do the bare fucking minimum. I do not want to do that. <laughs> I will let you and I will nod. <laughs> I do not want to do that, says Tressa. <laughs> the bare fucking minimum. I, I do not want to wiggle a mouse <laughs> with my pinky. Okay, I can't do that because if I do, it'll show up on Twitch and it'll interrupt uh, the stream. So, okay, uh, all right, okay, 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 okay. Right, so my screen's not going out to the world the way yours is but you would be interrupting other people's viewing pleasure mm -hmm, mm -hmm. fair fair thank you fair so 
Wilf is sitting on this bench. He's in a park in futuristic 2099 London with this uh, crazy pirate broadsides and boarding parties action unfolding like meaninglessly in front of him. Yeah. Is that just something that parks have in the future? In London? Yeah. Maybe. Is it maybe an ad for something? Is it maybe just general entertainment? Oh, that's interesting. Sort of in a like, like in a minority report type way. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they don't explain anything. They don't explain anything about those pirates, the ships, the projection, whether it's real or fake or whatever. I gotta say, like, I I love future shows when they have all this tech that almost seems like it's not futuristic enough, but then some of it does. I like it because. You cannot nitpick it. You're not there. You can't say, uh, they would have this by then. You don't know. Fuck you guys. It's the future. You don't know what they have. You don't know what fucked up war happened and destroyed all the uh, stuff. I agree with all of that. Like, I particularly love futuristic shows, sci-fi shows that take place in a far-flung future where things look old in the future rather than new. Yeah, yeah. I want their world to be just as lived in as my world is. Yes. Maybe things are better. Technology has improved in various ways, but that doesn't mean... Everything is polished and perfect. Right, 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 right. However, however, Mm -hmm. having said that, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that we're ignoring the elephant in the room about this show. What's that? I, I want to talk about before we even really talk about the show itself. Do it, man. Do it. All right. We've got this scene in London 2099, mm-hmm. and we're about to see the Blue Ridge Mountains in 2032, 67 years earlier. Oh, However... I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Okay, yeah. So those are two things. And it would appear that our character who lives in the Blue Ridge Mountains in 2032... Mm-hmm. is uh, going to either a completely simulated world in her game mm-hmm. or simulation or VR or however you want to talk about it, or she's transported to that London 2099 that we see at the very beginning, or she's not real, but London in the future is, or... London in the future is not real, but her 2032 is, or they're both real, or they're both not real. So, just zooming way the fuck out to talk about, like, the underlying structure of what the fuck are we watching is very confusing and interesting. And it has many of the hallmarks of weird fiction. Are you familiar with that term as like a subgenre of writing? The term weird fiction? Yeah. I am not familiar at all. Okay, so like it's sort of a branch, like a sub-branch almost, of gothic fiction. Stuff like uh, Poe or Hoffman or, you know, Lovecraft. What goes on in weird fiction is you have typically, like, there's no exact thing that says, like, this is weird fiction and this isn't weird fiction. But, like, often 
you have a sense of maybe your main character's point of view is not based in reality. Maybe they are not sane, or maybe they are not real. There are frequently doubles, which is a thing that we see already throughout this pilot episode. And there's a lot of eyeballs, actually, is like a frequent theme. In weird fiction? Throughout weird fiction, and definitely in this show. All right, I'm here for it. For people that want to engage on that level, there's like a lot to think about and a lot to chew on. Seriously, like from the very beginning, we do not know what is real. So we're in London 2099. We've got Wilf sitting on a bench watching Unreal Pirates. And then out of nowhere comes uh, like an eight or nine year old street urchin named Alita. And she's barefoot and her face is smudged with coal and her hair is up. And they clearly know each other and they have a history together. That's right. He's like, what are you doing here? We get some really quick, like not very filled in backstory about how she said she was going to save him and she's going to save the world. And he's like, I thought we both already agreed that this world was like beyond saving. And she's like, I didn't say this world. What? Yeah. That's crazy. Which world are you talking about, girl? (laughs) Right? So then we see, and I don't know if you caught this. Probably not. Right before we go to Blue Ridge Mountains 2032, there's a very short scene where we see a toy game board that's almost all white with trees around it that is oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah that is the world of blue ridge mountains 2032 we see characters including connor who is the wheelchair guy i miss the characters yeah so they're in there but it's just like it's only like a two second shot of this white board and i totally forgot about it yeah and it's like Have people in London 2099 mapped out a world and created this Blue Ridge Mountains? Are they creating a thing that's a sim so that they can inhabit people in that time or vice versa? Bruh, who are the pawns and who are the masters? Yeah, it's a real like uh, the snake sucks its own dick type situation. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. Okay, so our main character is Flynn, and her brother's name is Burton, and they have a very sick mom who's, like, got a terminal disease and has already lost her eyesight. So, like, we open up on their world, we see that the mom is sick and, like, running out of pills. Right. Flynn's pissed because she knows she's supposed to have more pills. So she goes to her brother, I assume is her brother, and is like, what the fuck, dude? Where are all the pills? It seems like they own a beautiful piece of land. Mm -hmm. They've got this isolated farmhouse Mm -hmm. and he's gaming in an extremely rundown, overgrown airstream. Yeah, it, it was very Ready Player One. Get it, guys? It's VR in a trailer. A wink. I saw the movie Ready Player One. Remember he like went into that junkyard and he had this whole setup of VR shit and like he put on a suit and he was just like, I have my secret VR thing in a trailer that's in a garbage place. No? Oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. It's It's been a minute since I saw it. It was a fun movie. Okay, so like, right, she goes out to the Airstream 
trailer where the brother's gaming and he's like hey can you take over for a minute i gotta go take a leak so she jumps into his game and then like we see the world of the game that he was playing and now she's taken over his avatar and it's like a world war ii type thing yeah i like that call of duty hasn't changed one bit in what 50 years 30 40 years what year is it again Great question. Great question. Because maybe it's like 100 years from now. Maybe it's 600 years from now. Maybe we haven't actually seen the real time, if there even is such a thing, that this show takes place in. So, her brother's avatar... Avatar. That's right. Not to be confused with Admiral Avatar. Right. From Star Blazers. okay 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 her brother burton was playing a character that looks just like him but with like a bigger beard and he's like in world war ii like in a french farm scenario and he's got to fight nazis right i'm not even sure that that's like the storyline that's playing out but it's akin to that yeah i mean that's the basis of the whole thing i assume we learned that flynn right she's fucking awesome at these games way better than burton right burton's good but like she's the fucking star Mm -hmm. so like whenever she takes over his game for him she kicks ass like way better than he could have he was playing it's like a you know multi-person thing so like the people that he's playing online with right they recognize in the game that flynn has taken over right you're not because the, the character is doing so much better, <laughs> right? I mean, in part, she gives a wink and a nod by like complimenting one guy's beret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're like, "Oh, hey, good to see you, Flynn." Yeah. So she immediately goes into action, puts a tractor into drive to confuse the old the brick on the gas pedal trick. Brick on the gas pedal trick. She sends a rocket into a big bale of hay behind the guy, and then annihilates him and. So she, like, wins the game and takes the VR headset off, and we see back in the Blue Ridge Mountains, and she's like, so just send the money to my phone. Right. And takes off, and she goes, she works at a 3D printing store, and she's taken cash out of the ATM. I don't even know how much it was, but it was like a gazillion dollars. It was probably a $1,000, because they made it seem like all they had was a $1,000 to get right. one pill. To get one pill in this far-flung, not that far-flung future. Because welcome to America, that's why. Right, it's just like, you know the problems that you have now? They get worse. Yeah, everything's more expensive, and things are expensive now, and everything sucks, and healthcare is non-existent. Still, fuck you, America. Okay, so, we've already had multiple time jumps within this story. Of We see London in the future. We see... A different timeline, or maybe not maybe not a different timeline, but a different time, possibly different timeline in the Blue Ridge Mountains. And then there's the world of the World War II game, which is even further back. Now she's taken out a thousand bucks to hope to buy a single pill for her mom's pain management. And as she's at the ATM, cop car pulls up and it's Tommy. Tommy! We love Tommy! Yeah, turns out that Tommy is her, like, seventh grade crush that she's never gotten over. That's so sad. And now he's a cop in the town. And he was just sort of patrolling the ATM because nobody uses cash for anything unless it's shady. 
I mean, that's true now, so I get it. It's true now, so why wouldn't it be true then? <laughs> yeah, they have a cute little exchange. Ah, uh, la la la, weddings, fine, bye. She, <laughs> oh, I did it again, I'm sorry. Yeah, so longtime listeners, <laughs> super fans, and letterheads all know that Tressa is incapable. Her brain cannot process human emotion expressed in any way. <sighs> sorry. Sorry, sorry. So they have a very polite conversation about how he needs wedding cake toppers from the 3D printer that she works at place. And she's like, oh, that's real fun and everything, but is secretly heartbroken. And is that better, Josh? Well, yes. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm surprised, frankly. I, I'm impressed it took a lot out of me and I hated every second of it. So you're welcome. Well, okay. So, so what I'm learning right now in this moment mm -hmm. is that you actually are absorbing information when all along I thought you had been incapable of absorbing certain types of information and your brain like went into auto drive and just like shuts off and whenever people are like expressing any sort of tenderness all you hear is like whatever bro <laughs> like all their dialogue is, is replaced with whatever whatever yeah whatever okay whatever that's just what i wish it was replaced with <laughs> <laughs> all right there's so many fucking things that happen in this episode we have to like i know let's go she okay. goes to work Wait, he's like, what's her name? Has some nugs for it? Did, did nubbins. Know? Nubbins. That's what it is. Nubbins. I want nubbins. It looked like some good garbage food. I was there for it. Yeah, I guess that's like, I don't know, just some, just some food. But everybody knows nubbins. Yeah. Like they use the word nubbins like 20 times. Yeah, they did. Her, her friend Billy Ann mm -hmm. and also the two guys that work with her at the print shop that can't be trusted to do anything correctly. Because no, they're boys. I like to think that they were pizza rolls. You think they're pizza rolls? Mm -hmm. I'm almost positive of it. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Okay, so they had pizza rolls, mm -hmm. and that's like too hard to say, so they say nubbins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the two guys who are sort of like, they are our stock doofuses there there are stock doofuses they're like our comic relief because they are not good at their job i guess right you know they're uh rosencrantz and guildenstern they are r2d2 and c3po <laughs> they're the two guys from rashomon if you remember no i don't remember okay anyway no one remembers <laughs> the two guys from the it crowd Oh, you know, I never watched that show. It's fun. Even though it's got the greatest cast of all yeah, time. Yeah, absolutely. But there's something about the way those, like, very fake-looking sets look. You hate a fake set. I super hate a fake set. Okay, anyway. <laughs> so the two idiots accidentally printed <laughs> a bride and two grooms. Because, like, they didn't... Why would they ask for two grooms? That's so stupid. Oh, because you didn't read the thing properly? It was like, uh, whoops. Oh. And then snaps one of them in half. He's like, okay, fixed now. There's a new piece of tech that arrived at the store for her brother, but she has to scan for it. Which means that, like, if they scan her eyeball as a signature. Yeah, because it's the future. Yeah. 
So there you have one of the many, many moments of eyeball stuff, a la weird fiction. Oh, yes. And we've already seen the mother who's lost her eyesight. Oh. Yeah, it's throughout. Once you start looking for it, it's everywhere. And the idea of doubles, because like literally everything is a game where someone's playing an avatar. So they have a double, but they're not necessarily that person for real. Right. So you can't trust that a person's reality is really them. And the two groomed cake toppers. Yeah. Doubles. Totally. Totally. Boom. Right there. Okay. So she's taken out the trash. And mm. one of the trash bags just fucking explodes on her. And she sees the broken figurine. Covered and, in SpaghettiOs. Yeah. But the nubbins. <laughs> You mean pizza rolls, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's Tommy. It's a figurine of her seventh grade crutch, so she pockets it. I don't care for it. Then we're back at the Brothers Airstream, taking a look at this new VR headset. The nerds back at the store were talking about how it's got at least half of it is like stuff that hasn't even been patented yet. Right. The brother explains that he got recruited because he had passed level 100 of some game. And she was like, horseshit, you never passed 83 with whatever. And he's like, yeah, but funny thing is, somebody started playing my avatar and kept going and going. He's talking about her. Right. So because that avatar got so far... This company wants him to beta test their new headset for this experimental sim. Or that's what he's been told. And it pays well. So what you have here is your classic last starfighter scenario. Flynn pops on the VR headset and Zoom. We're in what seems to be London 99 again. Like London 2099. Uh Or whatever. It's like a super futuristic world. Mm. There's a voice. She is presented as her brother because everyone thought that her brother was the amazing game player. Right. So the avatar that Flynn is playing looks exactly like her brother. Mm. And people refer to that character as such. Yes. So he has a voice in his head telling him what to do and explains that like... You're going to feel real pain if somebody hurts you in this game. Why would you add that to the game? Why is that a feature? Fuck that. I hate it. That's what I'm saying. I don't think this is a game. I think that this is real life. Or or vice versa or whatever. I don't know. Right. But. So, yeah. So there's like a real question about what's real and what's not real. Can you trust a tangible thing like physical pain? Well, that's not a tangible thing. But I mean, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not to jump ahead too far, but like he's trying to get out of restraints and pulls off the skin of his hand and he's got a robot hand. Right. So like that's a scene that we're going to see play out in a little while. Here, Let's just go through it and get to that. Fine. A little bit in order. I mean, Fine. you know, whatever. I'm just, I. What's up? Nothing. I'm just, I want answers and it's confusing. And I want to know, is her brain in the future? Is the future real? And she, I, I. That's why I find this show so fucking fascinating. Cause yes, I want answers to that. I think that when I watched this show for the first time, like a week ago, I wasn't mm-hmm. paying super close attention and I didn't realize how they Intricate. were fucking with the audience that way. And instead 
what I thought I was watching was a character playing a game. And I always think that like removes all the stakes. Yeah, but the stakes are definitely there. The stakes are definitely there. The show's like created by the same people that made Westworld. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, that makes sense. And I think Westworld skirts the line between what's really at stake and what's not at stake by having robot characters who are more human than the humans like that song yeah which is taken from blade runner which is based on a philip k dick book never heard of it (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's the uh so it's based on the motto of the terrell corporation more human than human exactly like rob zombie sing it for us tressa my mic just stopped working. I'm sorry. I can't. More human than human. More human than human. More human than human. That's it. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. So then he rides his motorcycle to this party because he's being told to. And it appears that it's at Buckingham Palace, but it's not where it is. But it is because it's the future and the voice in his head is like, yeah, it looks like that's where it is. But that's not what's there now. Right. So like he gets off the motorcycle, which just like disintegrates into non-existence when he gets off of it. But his jacket doesn't. He places his jacket on it and it (laughs) just falls to the ground. Some very Westworld looking robots materialize to welcome him to the party. The voice in the head told him to say, I have arrived. That's like what opens the door and lets him in. Right. He. Yeah. It it gets confusing because it's Flynn. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, Flynn piloting his body. We'll just use the gender that we see on screen. Right. So we're going to live in the moment that we see on screen, Mm -hmm. which is either a game or the future or a game about the future or the real world, depending on what the (laughs) fuck is going on here. He does a bunch of acrobatics, flips and stuff. For fun, because he knows he can do it, because it's a game. Right. And that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Super fun. It's a company party for something called R.I. He's walking around the party. The voice in his head is like, who's the prettiest bell of the ball or whatever? And we see him scanning the room, and it's like, We see all the characters at this place sort of have different historical references in the way they're styled. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But takes place in this future world, but it's many things hearken to different eras of history throughout the party. And I think that if we did sort of a slow-mo frame by frame, we could like really tease that out a bunch. I just took that as fashion is weird. Yeah, maybe maybe that's all it is. Maybe that's all it is. Like, maybe in the future, fashion is based on this, that, and the other thing, much as it always has been. Right, right, right. I don't know. I just, that's But there's, I like, think. a mutton chops guy. Yeah. Flapper lady and slick back lady hair. He focuses on one woman, and the voice in his head is like, no, careful, that's the queen bee. You don't want to feel her sting. And then <laughs> he finally finds this, like, femme fatale you know, film noir, like 40s looking lady, the voice in the head indicates that's the right choice. And his mission. Yeah. His mission is to get her to take him home. And how does he do it? He's like, blah, 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 let's go. (laughs) 
<laughs> that was for you, Josh. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> ha- now, I'll, I'll ask you again. You motherfucker. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Honestly, the hilarious thing is that's actually kind of right. <laughs> I know. It totally is. <laughs> He's basically like, hey, uh, good looking. Uh, what's up? <laughs> and she's like, hey, why don't you have a seat? Because you said I was pretty. And then he's like, hey, do you value your time? Because this is something that Flynn was told by her friend. Like Billy Ann. Yeah, she was good. Yes. And he, Billy Ann like, gives Flynn the exact recipe for how to do it. Yeah, yeah. He was like, hey, uh, do you value your time? And she's like, yeah, I guess as much as anyone does. Well, then. Oh, of- interesting. Interesting, by the way. This is hitting the time thing. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is, a, this is a smart show. Smarter than I am. <laughs> and me. And he's like, <laughs> cool. Well, how about instead of me saying you're pretty and cool and everything, you just take me home right now. And she's like, dope. Let's go. I mean, that's, it was a little bit better than that. But like, I don't you, think so. You, you, I think you, I more, you more or less got it. I think I nailed it. So they leave the party. <laughs> the voice in our guy's head is Mr. Like, Ice, I think, what he wants to be called. Yeah. Is that right? Yes. He's, he's called Mr. Ice in this game, in the simulation. And what's the voice say? That this lady has affected tastes and requires a driver. And be careful if you try to hurt her, this driver will kill you. That's right. They get in the car and they're making out. Mm-hmm. And he's told to drug her or, like, knock her out or something. Yeah, yeah. And the driver instantly goes mm-hmm. into action. And there's a thrilling fucking fight. So thrilling. Pow, pow, punch, kick, <laughs> flip, etc. There's a knife. But Mr. Ice comes out victorious uh-huh. over... Of course. Yeah. So, I mean... The best death blow to this robot thing. <laughs> Just... Putting the knife on the the steering wheel and breaking the car so it stabs itself in the head was beautiful. I loved that. Okay, so Mr. Ice kills the driver. The mysterious femme fatale woman is passed out in the back seat. Mm. Mr. Ice is now driving the car. We hear the voice in his head saying that in the beginning there was darkness and everything was created from the darkness. And they're sort of like hitting that eyeball blindness thing. Oh. And the and just like the idea of like this world being created, whatever he says, open sesame. He says, "I have arrived." Yeah. He says his his magic password, and the bricks part like a curtain to reveal the woman whose voice. Who we've is been the hearing. voice? Mm-hmm. Now that woman doesn't have a name yet, but later in the episode, she will be referred to as Alita West. Okay, I don't remember yeah, that. Yeah, it'll be coming up in a little bit. So that woman is styled like the eight-year-old urchin we saw at the very beginning. They have this. I didn't notice that either. Are you a hairstylist? They have the same exact hair. What? You? I didn't notice. Maybe because it was cute on the little girl and it looked severe on her. Well, she's been it through some shit. She's been through some shit. Does that? God damn it! I'm so confused and I love it. Okay, keep going. Right. 
So this guy, he's driving the femme fatale's car to this lady who he's just meeting her for the first time. And she's just in wonder about the fact that this guy is doing this stuff and she's in his head. She's just as in wonder about it than he is. Yeah. I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, right yeah. She, okay, so she's like, it's me, you little puppet that I've been puppeteering this whole time. Right, right. Except it's interesting, right? Because she's puppeteering him, but also Flynn is puppeteering him. Like a double situation. Well, but it's it's just, it's just, it's confusing who's in control or what control or agency means, right? Like, yeah, she says, you know, I shouldn't be telling you this, but you're my first pult. I think she says pult. I think you're right. She's like, it blows my mind. You're real. What if I told you you'll be dead and your whole world won't exist in 10 years? Would that change anything for you? We have this moment. What does that mean, right? Right. So that character, she has knowledge about the world that Flynn's future will be. Or so it seems. Right. At this point, it seems like she knows what she's talking about. Us as viewers would think that. Because it's just weird and whatever. But also, nobody knows if she's just talking out of her ass and talking about a game. So much mindfuck in this entire, I'm assuming, series. There's so much more to talk about. And we're just, we barely scratched the surface. Bruh. That's the end of that little moment in the game. We're back to the Blue Ridge Mountains. Mm-hmm. Flynn is like, holy shit, that was so real. Burton is there and it's night. Like a lot of time has passed while she's had the VR headset on. And you did so well. They bump the money up, he tells her. Flynn stands up and immediately feels faint. Yeah. Maybe it is only 10 more years. Maybe she is fucked now that she started. Because she is. Oh, you think. Oh, are you positing the idea Mm. that if she had never put on that VR headset, that things would be fine? Absolutely. That, that That's a novel idea. I mean, it's going straight to her brain. She's going to have fucked up brain stuff now. Here's what I think. Yeah, yeah. I didn't interpret it that way, but I think that that's a totally valid interpretation. And maybe you're right, and I just like missed the forest for the trees. I thought she was saying that... The whole world that Flynn lives in, in 2032, Mm -hmm. in her timeline, is headed towards disaster. The human race will die out. Oh, you think that the lady from the game was saying that? Something like that. That makes sense, too, because of what the bench guy is at the beginning. I just assumed it was like, hey, you specifically, you're going to die because you're doing this dumbass shit right now. Something like that. So she goes to the bar to buy Tamasine for her mom mm-hmm. with a big pocket full of cash. Tamasine is the drug that they are now out of. Yes. She goes into this bar called Jimmy's that's like a real honky tonk. It looks like a real redneck paradise. Just like an outer range with the drunken gentleman or whatever it was called. Right. That place, the handsome gambler. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> the handsome gentleman. No, wait, what'd you say? The drunken gentleman. The drunken gentleman. <laughs> the drunken gentleman is a great name for something. Maybe that's uh What if this was on fire tonight with Tressa and the drunken gentleman? <laughs> oh, I come up with it and you get the name? Well, fuck you. <laughs> All right, you can be the drunken gentleman. On fire Thank tonight you. with Josh and the drunken gentleman. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> 
So Flynn goes to the bar on her pedal e-bike thing. Right. At the bar, we see a guy with one arm getting super shit-faced. His name is Connor. Mm. He has a very high-end unicycle wheelchair thing. I mean, high-end to us. High-end to us. Then yeah. it could be like the shittiest wheelchair anyone ever saw. Well, it looks pretty cool. Anyway. It looks cool as fuck. He's like missing an arm he's missing both legs and he's had enough like the bartender cuts him off right there's like i don't know if this is adr if i just felt like it was but the bartender's like all right that's enough for you and i feel like there was no bartender anywhere and you couldn't tell who he was talking to (laughs) and i don't know if he was talking to that guy because he seemed like he was fine and was leaving anyway right and also i think there's a woman behind the bar (laughs) Uh, hey make no mistake i'm just an asshole this will not ruin anything about the show for me i just like to pick out stupid shit okay so flynn finds atticus who is a skeezy looking mulleted drug dealer with a sidekick and then he's joined by a third guy named cash and these guys are real dick she's trying to pay for some tamazine a single pill. Yeah, right. He calls out. He's like, uh, I think your math is off. And she's like, okay, I just want one pill tonight and then I'll get the rest tomorrow. They're like, that's not how we do it. They're like, maybe you could suck both of our dicks. <laughs> hey, maybe. <laughs> hey, let's make a deal. He's very suave about it. He's like, maybe you could perform uh, a service on both of us. <laughs> he's nothing if he's not a gentleman. He's super duper smooth. <laughs> So Connor, who looks barely functional, he's so shit-faced, wheels out his, like, wheelchair connects with sort of a motorcycle rig. Yeah, which is super cool. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very cool looking. Badass, futuristic, but also worn in and shitty. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Everything, once he, like, connected his wheelchair to his rig thingy, it seemed like everything before then was him pretending to be drunk because after that he was fine. He was collected. He was calm. He's like, hey, uh, maybe you just give her the pill, you fucking dickheads, because mm, I could probably kill everybody, and I will if you just don't give her the fucking pill. I mean, I think it's kind of like a Han Solo in the tavern scene situation where he might be legit drunk, but... He can handle himself, you know? And that's why it was okay that he drove home. (laughs) Oh, this is about to be a drunk driving PSA. This is in the Blue Ridge Mountains. There's no law there. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's also apparently no traffic. Like, they encounter no one on those roads. Did we even see a car in the Blue Ridge Mountains? We will in a little bit later on in the episode, but not really. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so there's a real tense showdown because they're being fucking dicks to Connor. (laughs) And Connor's (laughs) like, oh, you know what? The very worst thing I can see happening out of a confrontation right now is that I kill two of you and not three of you. That's the worst possible outcome. Yeah. And they're all like, oh, fuck, this guy could really kill us. So Atticus gives them the high sign and they make the deal and Flynn buys one pill for all the money that she has in the world. 
Man, Jesus Christ. Just give her two. One pill. What the fuck, dude? Then they go back inside the bar and they see a guy that will find out his name is Corbell later in the show. He's Corbell smoking, ice cream? He's smoking a cigar and he's an Fudgy older gentleman. He's like a middle-aged or older gentleman. Mm-hmm. There's a meaningful exchange of glances right there. Yeah. Connor, meanwhile, is like, so how much of a charge do you have on this bike? And she's like, not enough. Fucking Burton never pedals. Fucking Burton. Right. And Connor's like, well, they could put that on his grave. Clearly, that's <laughs> always going to be Burton's story. So he gives her a tow and recharges her battery in the process and drops her off. She says thanks and goodnight. Then we see back at the bar. Oh, it's b- b- uh, brutal. Yeah. You want to walk us through it? Big boss guy, whose name I already forgot, is talking Corbell. to Attic. Corbell. Oh, yeah. Corbell Ice Cream is talking to all the other guys. Also, that guy is in Westworld. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you watch Westworld? I didn't. Yeah. Everyone keeps telling me I need to watch it, but I haven't well, watched it. Well, you know, yeah. so, some, some good, some bad. Depends. Your mileage yeah. may vary. As with everything. And he's like, hey, fuckers, what the fuck? You don't sell one pill. That's fucking stupid. I hate you. Go to your room. Or whatever he says. And they're like, no, it's cool. No, whatever. Well, uh, He's like, here, take a drink. I need you to calm down for this. I don't even remember that guy being in that situation. Some guy that wasn't the head guy of that situation of selling the one pill takes the glass and he's like, I don't. He's like, no. Well, apparently he's the muscle. Okay. That, that guy's name was Cash. He had a tattoo of a dollar sign oh. on his face. Atticus had a cross oh. tattooed on his Adam's apple, and he also had an onk earring. <sighs> and then I don't know what the third guy's name or deal was. Or tattoo was. Or, or tattoo identifier was. So Cash leans down to, like, I don't know, lick the whiskey out of the cup fucking Corbell slams his face into the glass, cutting the glass, cutting his face. It was fucked up. Right. And just before that happens, Corbell's son joins them at their booth. His name is Jasper. Corbell says something like, sit down and watch. I don't want to watch. Yeah, he's uncomfortable with it. And then Corbell should be. bashes dude's face in. Cash is on the ground bleeding. And he gives, this is the real come to Jesus speech, right? He runs the criminal organization that these guys are fucking up. And after smashing Cash, who's the fucking muscle of the organization, in the face and cutting him open, he's like, if you look weak, I look weak. A lesson for us all. Thank you. He is not wrong. The weakest link in all that. Meanwhile, back at the farmhouse slash airstream flynn yeah back at the homestead Mm -hmm. flynn spies she's about to go like have beers with her brother she's got two beers on her right that she brought from the bar or i guess maybe from the house i just assumed it was from the bar anyway she's got two beers on her well no she spent all the money (laughs) i know but anyway whatever she's got two beers she sees him struggling in pain mm-hmm. and just leaves the beer outside and just walks away Which the next day i don't like that she was looking through his window i don't i don't like that oh you're you're afraid that she is gonna see something else icky yeah something meant not for her eyes yeah so the next morning she's washing 
her sick mom's hair and she has like sort of a little momentary flashback thinking about last night's virtual reality thing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they're chatting the mom is like my pain is worse but burton has been giving me his pills he says that he doesn't need them and now we understand he what? wasn't taking them for himself. He, he wasn't was taking just them giving for her extra. Exactly. And she's been gobbling all of hers and his and going through them even faster than Flynn realized. Yes. Flynn then apologizes to Burton and asks him about the pain. And he's like, meh, whatever. Like, like shrugs it off. Um, blah, 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 whatever. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> So then she puts on the VR headset. Ugh. Yeah. Gah. Yeah. Gah. This is very weird fiction. She opens up on an operating table, completely paralyzed. Alita is talking her through the surgery. Now we see Mr. Ice's body. This is Burton's avatar. Mm-hmm. He's unable to move, unable to get out of the game. So she's stuck in it. They're going to do eye surgery. They are going to extract. Everything Alita said in this scene was fucking terrifying. She's like, oh, you're probably wondering why you can't move. Yeah, that sucks. Oh, also, you're probably trying to scream your way out of this in your head. Can't do it. Only I can do that. Man, that fucking sucked. That was terrifying. Yes, but Mm -hmm. she coaches Flynn to rein in her Mm. heart while they extract the eyeball and having no other option. Right. Flynn does it. Right. What else are you going to do? Yeah, you're fucked. You're stuck here whether you like it or not. Yeah. There's like a pre-extracted eyeball Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that came from Dear Marielle. That is the woman that we drugged Ah! in the previous scene. That's, Duh. I that's why we needed on. her. We needed to get her eyeball. After this, I pretty much looked away for the entirety <laughs> of the scene because no thank you. Yeah, it was very gruesome. It was totally... It was all, it was all those things. So Alita says, get some shut-eye. Time passes without us knowing yes. how long or whatever. Mr. Ice then wakes up mm-hmm. at night in a vehicle with Alita. They're driving. The new eye will open doors for them. Just as I had been scanned for the whole machine that she's using right now. And any other thing she needs to sign for, they scan her eyeball for it. Or people. Technology is what it is. Josh, technology. They get in an elevator that goes down, 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 down. He's like, where are we going? She says, infinity in the palm of your hand, eternity in an hour. Okay, bitch, where are we going, though? Right? Like, okay, (laughs) uh, is this the movie Inception? Because we've incepted, like, into a game, into another game inside of the game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They go 95 levels deep and get off in, like, this dank sub-sub-sub-sub-sub-basement. His eye opens a chamber with, like, weird waterfall curtains and an upside-down pyramid in the center that has a scanner on it. 
and she forces him to have his eyeball scanned by it. Not hers, not Marianne's or whatever her name is, Mr. Ice's eyeball. And it looked painful. And that's why she was forcing him because he did not want to do it. It looked painful. Yeah, it was a total struggle the entire time. Door opens. She's like, that guy's a killer. Stop that guy. Mr. Ice jumps into action. Badly. Badly. Like the killer is obviously very good at his job, disabling Flynn. He is the one that names Alita. He's like, Alita West, Greens and Legumes. What? (laughs) Apparently, she has a very healthy diet. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? That's one of the strangest things in this entire episode. (laughs) So... (laughs) What the fuck? There's a big fight. The killer... He's got a crazy sonic gun that I fucking love that sonic gun. That was yeah. super neat. It's amazing. Flynn slash Mr. Ice gets back up and is struggling to save Alita from the killer. And in the process, we see that thing you were describing where the hand gets peeled off. And underneath the regular hand is a roboskeleton. A T2 skeleton. Yeah, it's the T1000 for yeah, real. Yeah. Apologies, T-1000, yes. And so there's like a moment of like, what the fuck? That's another fucking weird fiction thing where it's like, I'm looking at my own body, but my own, I can't trust my own body. Yeah. To be what I think it even is. Mr. Ice has already been referred to as a puppet. There's so many fucking things going on. They have an epic fight. The killer asks, who are you and where are you? And then blasts. Flynn in the game that's the end that we see of that the detail in Mr. Ice's face when that thing goes off is so disturbing and gorgeous yeah really nice effects right Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm for sure so Flynn wakes up immediately gets up and pukes outside the airstream yeah never again never again fuck that yeah she's completely done I'm never doing that shit again fair right that was like the worst the fucking worst and she felt every fucking second of it no thank you so the next morning we see her friend billy ann working to get her fucking lazy ass up out of bed she's been sleeping in let the girl have a mental health day jesus i guess not so i like i don't know what the deal is with billy ann but Billy Ann's the spunky best friend that everyone everyone has. I think, maybe. What you get? I think that she seems like that, but I'm most suspicious of her. You think she's a plant? I kind of. I could see it. So she's like, you know what deja vu literally means? It means already seen. We've got the idea, like, the idea of deja vu is also like, wait a minute, am I living in a world that I've already experienced. There is that feeling of unreality about deja vu. Mm -hmm. She finds the stolen figurine of Tommy and she's like, you dirty, dirty girl, (laughs) calling her out. That's where we learn that Tommy is the seventh grade crush she never let go of. When she mentions deja vu, Mm -hmm. Was that ever brought up before she said that? I think that it's like she is saying that her sleeping in is a thing. 
that you know she's seen before got it I, th- I think that was the context yeah got it flynn tries to sort of she's like ruminating about the vr thing and she's trying to explain it to billy ann like i'm doing this tech and like it was all normal and then it went to just pure meanness and then they had this moment where my hand was ripped off but i don't understand why why would they make it look fake if it was supposed to feel real yeah that's like the whole point of it good point so then she says like i can't help feeling like i was in a real body somewhere that's real and not a sim oh yeah she goes to work yeah back at the 3d print store Mm. and she she gets a call doing some windows yeah she's squeegeeing the windows a pointless fucking job as far as i can tell like look at this crap shack no one cares if the windows are clean not at all Mm -mm. but she's got to do something with her time so i guess (laughs) squeegeeing the windows will do while doing that she gets a call from wilf that's the dude we saw at the very beginning of the episode talking to an imaginary street urchin who maybe wasn't imaginary or whatever. And he warns her and she hangs up on him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What else is she going to do? Like, that was one of the worst experiences in my life. No, I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. What? That's stupid. Fine. But we're going to fuck with all of your technology when you try and close up tonight. Well, wait, wait, before we get to that, before we get to that, because we have a scene that answers your question from earlier about do we see any cars in the Blue Mountains? Oh, yeah. Boom. We cut to a mini mart at a gas station. A cop is making himself a coffee Mm -hmm. and he looks outside and sees some sketchy dudes gassing up Mm -hmm. and they take off. He decides to follow them because they look sketchy. Or maybe he recognizes them. It doesn't seem like he does. The cop goes and chases these guys who, this whole scene before the chase reminded me of, it reminded me of John Wick when he's like, hey, nice car, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, not important. So the cop goes and chases these guys and he loses them. He's like, they were right there. What the heck? How did I lose them? he's, He's following them at a high speed. They go around a corner. He goes around the corner and they are just not there at all. They've completely disappeared. He pulls over because, like, what else is he going to do, I guess? Right, right. And but also then... there were tracks in the grass where he pulled off. I think he saw those and was like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, eagle eye there. Yep, me, that's me all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so mm-hmm. he gets out of his car and a dude appears with a gigantic piece of artillery and tells him to get in the road. He's like, why? If you don't, I'll shoot you. Good reason. And then he gets run over by an invisible car. What? That's crazy. Yeah. Cars aren't invisible, Josh. Yeah, and then it comes back into visibility, and the dude who was holding the gun gets into his His car, which had been invisible, and then they both drive off, and the cars go invisible again as they drive away. That's right. So those are some badass dudes with some very cool technology. Yes. At their disposal. They gotta be from the future, right? Or maybe like in 2032, that's like high-end tech that's available. It's like a 2022 Tesla. It's there, but not a lot of people have it. Something like that. 
So now we go back to the 3D printing place and she's closing up and she's like, okay, bye, whatever. Yeah, it's and... night, I guess. Like, I don't know how much business this 3D printing store in the Blue Ridge Mountain is getting other than... It's like the only business in the town. There's a bar. There, a gas there's, station. There's a gas station where the one cop goes. No, there are two cops because there's Tommy and right, this right. other guy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and a 3D printing place. And a 3D printing place. <laughs> That, like, the only job we know that they've ever done is <laughs> printing a bride and groom. Right. But they have a shit ton of 3D printers, so they got to be doing something. And they were all on. She had to turn them off. So they were doing something. Yeah. There's, like, there's a lot of computer power Maybe in there. Maybe instead of, like, having Amazon deliveries, they make everything in the 3D printers and people come and pick it up. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you. Yeah. Or for that matter, maybe just, like... 3D printing anything at like a high end place like that is something that people do all the time for I, I need to like fix the plumbing right in my kitchen. You don't need any other stores or businesses. You, you just can have something 3D, 3D print, print every object. Yep, yep. But at that point I would think that everyone had a 3D printer in their house and they could just do it at home, but whatever, I'm not gonna get into semantics. So she's shutting down. Right. Shutting down all the printers and they start turning back on and talking to her and telling her she needs to get back in the game if she wants to live, question mark? Yeah, it's Wilf. The, yeah. That same character is now, he's not calling her on the phone. He's calling her through other technological means. All of the machines, like she's turning one off and the next one starts talking. Like, yeah. He's piloting all of this technology, telling her she has to sign back in. There's a $9 million bounty on her and her whole family on the dark web. Fuck, dude. Yeah. So she hops on her bike and goes home in a hurry. But also I wonder, see, there's so many times in shows and movies where they do not mention numbers when they talk about money because at some point it won't make any sense in the future because of inflation and whatnot. And I gotta wonder, if a pill is $1,000, and I don't know what this pill is, it's a made-for-TV pill, I guess, maybe, mm -hmm. I don't know. Is $9 million really gonna be that much money to have on your head? I don't know. I wouldn't get too hung up on that, because I think on the one hand, yeah. we have to assume that all medical care is expensive. And on the other hand, I think we have to believe that all life is cheap. Oh, good point. Yeah. I mean... To be fair, I'm not going to get caught up on it. I just get nitpicky. And no, I, I feel you. I feel you. I feel like whenever you name a real number, it's like mm -hmm. it's a good way to pull the audience out of the moment to be yeah, like yeah. calculating what values are relative. Right. Like if you're going to use money amounts, just make up a fake money so we don't know what that means. Totally. All the credits. Yes, the credits. Right. Thank you. Yeah. And she's like, well, okay, I got to go home. And she goes, and her brother is there with a bunch of his buddies drinking beers. And she's right, like... They're all like army buddies, his whole squad. She's like, dude, someone's got a bounty on my head. I'm totally scared. And they're like, that is hilarious, you stupid little girl. Right. They're talking about... They're all worried about Connor. That's the guy in the wheelchair who we met in the bar fight scene. Right. Who, like stepped in honestly flynn doesn't seem like she needs people to protect her but he protected her he had her back he had her back so anyway they're all talking about they're worried about him 
maybe because he's drinking himself to death maybe because he got the most injured when they were at war together whatever right she rolls up and she's like listen the company or somebody got in touch with me they want me to log back in and they said that there's a bounty of nine million dollars on all of our heads everybody just fucking bursts out laughing hilarious they're like bah ha ha good one burton's like hey idiot. yeah burton's like can you grab that 12 pack for me and she's like if you're too drunk to fetch it you're too drunk to drink it boom yeah burnt <laughs> and then get wrecked she goes in to put her mom to bed and says that like tommy was asking about you and she's like oh you know the funny thing about losing your sight is like you remember people like i know that i've seen him as an adult but like i think of him as a boy and so i think there's sort of an echo of people we are and people we were and meanwhile outside the guys who were just making fun of the idea of there being like a bounty on their head was like you know we weren't taking connor seriously maybe we should have been and fuck maybe we should be taking this other thing seriously and we hear while flynn is putting her mom to bed they start operating some drones just out of an excess of caution yes lo and behold the drones with like heat vision Mm -hmm. spot a whole team of assassins approaching that's right they're almost right fucking there they put out their own drone just to find out exactly where they were yeah yeah i'm crazy it's Drone City, but also mm-hmm. like, so we've got a team of army guys drinking in the woods. Mm-hmm. They're about to get invaded by a team of assassins. I guess those are the guys with the invisible cars. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Has to and be, right? Cut to credits. That's the end of the episode. What? And we've got London Calling as the end credit song. Ah, uh, you guys. Right? Nice one. <laughs> nice one. Good shot, dude. There's so many fucking things happen in this episode, and there's so much to talk about and think about. Um, and it's too much for me to comprehend. Well, unfortunately... <laughs> Are we smoldering? Has the fire been burning too bright all night, and now it's morning? Hold on a second. Cut. Edit point. <laughs> so there's so many fucking things that happen in this episode. And there's so many things to think about and talk about. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's literally all the time we've got for today. So we've got to go. Thank you so much for joining us. We've been on fire tonight with Josh and Tressa. You know what, Josh? I just wish that you would respect what I'm doing here because I'm just trying to bring the audience on board and make them a part of this. And um, I don't think you're respecting that enough. You know what? This episode that we just talked about, the very first thing we saw was like pirate ships. So I kind of feel like this is pirate radio. And it ends with a clash. This is pirate radio clash. This is pirate radio clash. All right. Stop. Cut. Let's go. Let's from like (laughs) end point. (laughs) You guys, that's all the time we have time for. Whatever that he says, uh, we got to go. Thank you so much for joining us. We have been talking for so long that it's like the fire is out and it's smoldering in the morning. So we will see you next time. Probably watch another one soon. Okay, bye. All right, hold on. Let's just listen to that awesome outro music. We are